As we're heading into the start of Lent this Ash Wednesday, how are you preparing? You as our beloved practicing Catholics, how are you preparing for the start to the Lenten season? How do you feel about wearing your ashes in public? Father Michael Van Sloan is joining us to dive a bit deeper into the symbols and meanings of Ash Wednesday and how we can prepare for this special day. Father Van Sloan is a columnist for the Catholic Spirit and director for Pilgrimages and Retreats, recently retired from St. Bartholomew Parish in Wyzetta. Father Van Sloan, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you, Patrick. It's a great privilege and honor to be able to be with you, and I just so appreciate the great ministry that you do. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to do it in tandem with you. And thank you for joining us today to talk about Ash Wednesday. Now, I got to say, I'm just going to kick it off, kick things off here with Ash Wednesday. Is I think it's uh, it's a fantastic day in the church uh, for for many reasons, of course, but not least for this reason that it's 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 not a holy day of obligation. Don't tell people that because Catholics tend to turn out in droves for Ash Wednesday. I see people at Ash Wednesday Masses uh, almost as much as I see them show up for Christmas and Easter. Have you noticed this too, Father? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we have put on extra Masses. So when I was both at St. Stephen's and at St. Bartholomew's, um, we almost had like a Holy Day schedule yeah. um, for, for the Masses for that day. And sometimes for the Holy Days, you know, the attendance is maybe not what you'd like it to be. And on Ash Wednesday, the church is full for all of them. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Well, anyway, we could... say that if you're giving out something free, they'll come. I shouldn't, <laughs> you know, but but the ashes are unique. It's the only ritual that's like that for the whole year. Yeah. And people are, it really engages people. Yeah. And it helps, well, okay, we're going to get into that. Let's Let's start, let's start with the beginning. Let's talk about the ashes themselves. Remind us where the ashes come from each year, Father. So the ashes, uh, they typically are from the palms that were used from the previous year, and then those palms are burned, and then you, you like have to kind of almost like pound them to get them down to a fine powder. Uh, some parishes are not able to do that very well, so there's some commercial companies that will take care of that for you, mm-hmm. but they're from the palms from a previous year. Yeah, isn't that, it's amazing. The, the church never does anything without uh, some some liturgical or symbolic reason, some sacramental reason there, which is which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. That, uh, well, so the palms from Palm Sunday, Lent, orients you toward Passion right, Holy Week, right. and it prepares you particularly for the Triduum. Right, yep, and so it's entirely appropriate. Now, why ashes? Why Why are we being marked with ashes on Ash Wednesday? Well, when you look in the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Genesis, you know, we talk about dust, that, you know, human beings are made from the clay or the dust of the earth. And so dust and ashes are considered kind of parallel or similar. Mm. So when a person dies, their body decomposes to dust or ashes. And so the ashes are supposed to be a reminder of our mortality. And if I'm going to die someday, that means that I'm going to be before the Lord for judgment someday. And if I'm going to be before the Lord for judgment, I better be in the state of grace. So the ashes, as a reminder of our mortality, are a reminder for us to get ready and be in the state of grace. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. But there are two. Okay. So if you look, in, particularly in the book of Jonah, remember how Jonah went to Nineveh, mm-hmm. and he called the people to repentance? Eventually, anyway. Yeah, he, he got there eventually. <laughs> right. Yeah, they got there eventually. It took a little while, for sure. He walked the streets and all that. But the king and the people, they put on sackcloth and ashes. Mm-hmm. So ashes was an outward sign of the inward disposition that I want to turn away from sin and live in God's grace. 
And so the, the turn away from sin and being re- and preparing for judgment and being in a state of grace, those are the two major reasons for ashes, and they've come from the book of Genesis and the book of Jonah. And that's what we often hear when we're, when we're receiving the ashes, right? Either remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return, or turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel, right? I mean, that's, that's exactly those are the two things that the minister has the option to say. Right. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so it was all the way back into our Old Testament roots and then is manifested in the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday. Now, interestingly, okay, so you mentioned, and, and just remind me again, you said that there's there's a uniqueness about this particular ritual um, in in the liturgical year. And what what makes Ash Wednesday so unique in terms of its ritual? Well, I mean, so this uh, has a, it's the beginning of a new liturgical season. And so the liturgical season has a couple of different um, major focus or attention. One is um, repentance and turning away from sin. And the other one is getting ready for the Easter sacraments and conversion. You know, so we're there, people are going to be baptized at the uh, Easter vigil, and then we're going to celebrate baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation during the Easter season. The sacrament that's featured during the season of Lent is reconciliation or confession because it's all about turning away from sin. And this is the beginning of that, that dual process on Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity for us actually to grow in grace and grow in virtue and holiness. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, I would absolutely hope that the many, uh, the many, many people who turn up for Ash Wednesday masses and receive the imposition of ashes, I would, I would verily, I would very much hope that they are doing so out of a sense of needing of their own self-recognized need to, uh, you know, repent, to uh, be faithful to the gospel, to turn to the Lord, to have perhaps uh, start off uh, a new and and, uh, renewed way of living their spiritual life and that sort of thing. But as you did put it, um, anytime the church is giving something away, people tend to show up. Unfortunately, (laughs) they don't, they might not show up to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the second person of the blessed Trinity, but they, they might show up to receive an ash cross on their foreheads. Um, but with that, with that being the case, um, it does serve as a little bit of a, of a mark because many people don't wash off the ashes after they leave uh, Ash Wednesday Mass, but they wear them throughout the day. Um, they do. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, uh, the significance of bearing those ashes on your forehead throughout Ash Wednesday? Sure. So when a person has ashes on their forehead, it's in the sign of a cross. So immediately, you know, the, the cross is a symbol for Jesus himself. So it's a, when you wear the, cross, the, the ashes around, it says, I believe in Jesus. And then it says, I intend to embrace this holy season. And so it's a public uh, acknowledgement that a person is a sinner and that the person wants to do better. And so this is a great witness to other people. I particularly love it with our little kids. So, uh, but people don't realize that this is a sacramental. So a person has to be Catholic and in the state of grace to holy, go, go to Holy Communion, but anybody can receive ashes. Right. They can be Catholic, they can be non-Catholic, they can have received the First Communion or not. So I love telling the first and second graders who come up for a blessing, you know, uh, at Communion time, I'm going, you don't have to come up and ask for a blessing today. You get ashes too. Right. And so they proudly wear them around the school because we're all on this journey together. And then they talk to each other about it in school. And I said, if you don't wash these off and you take them home and you wear them in front of your friends, or if you go to the store 
or wherever you go and people ask you why, it gives you an opportunity to not just show your faith, but speak about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm guessing that there, many people have lots of stories about people. I, I The only thing that I'm recalling in my own experience is that I've had a few people tell me, hey, you got something, you got something on your forehead there. You got some... <laughs> some dirt on your forehead or something like that. And I've, and I of course have taken the opportunity to then say, Oh, that's not dirt. <laughs> and then, then leading into a conversation, hopefully that bears some yeah, fruit. Isn't, isn't right? that great when you have that opportunity to do that? Yeah, it is. It is. And speaking of uh, that, anybody can receive him. I, I have to say father, that one of the most touching moments for me each year, and, and it seems to happen every year that I see somebody who's carrying an infant in their arms forward to receive ashes. And even that infant is signed with the ashes, has receives ashes. What a powerful statement yet, yeah, even in the, in the innocence of life. I'm glad that you brought that up because that has been uh, a question at the parish. Should we have our infants mm. or our one-year-old um, get ashes before the age of reason. Mm. Yeah, what would you and say? And I come that? back, and I come back and said, "Do you intend to practice all of this together as a family at home throughout the season of Lent?" Mm. And they go, "We do." I said, "Absolutely." Then, so even if they're before the season, before the age of reason, if they're going to be one with their family and practicing their faith, even if they're not going, I mean, so a little infant is going to be doing self denial and prayer, but they're going to be with the family who is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so it's, it's really advisable for it to, to show that we're going to do this together as a group. Right. And I think it further, it further just says that, you know, this infant, even though in a, in an innocent state of life, perhaps, you know, they've been baptized and cleansed of original sin. They, they're not of the age of reason. They can't, uh, they can't commit actual sin that will, would hold them in a state of culpability. But yet, um, it does say that nonetheless, this infant is sustained through the grace and mercy of God and His cross, right? Of of Christ's cross, and it's For just sure. yeah. and so yeah, yeah. It's such so a when I, when I have symbol. like three and four year olds, yeah, that's before the age of reason, right? So when I'm talking to really little kids. I said, "Did you always tell the truth?" No. <laughs> well, um, true. Did, did you ever hit your brothers and sisters? True. No. Or yes. Yeah. I said, "Do you know that that's a wrong?" Oh, absolutely. I'm going to use, so you're before the age of reason, but you know that you're already committing sins mm. as a two, three, and four-year-old. Yeah. When I do my little temper tantrum, is that wrong? Oh, for sure. So to try and invite them in to recognize the fact that even though we don't have them go to confession, they can still live a better life, I think that is a very good catechetical moment yeah. for our little kids. Yeah. Well, you're already getting at my my clincher question here, Father, which is not just about preparing for Lent, but specifically preparing for Ash Wednesday. Um, you've made some great suggestions already, but any other ways that you would recommend that the faithful prepare for this special holy day, specifically Ash Wednesday itself? Well, I one of the, for everything, I think prayer is the, the, the fabulous way to pray. And the other thing is that I'm not going to just kind of meander my way through Lent. I have to come up with a plan. So being intentional about Lent. Mm. So I'm going to make sure that I go to Mass on Ash Wednesday. I'm going to be sure that I get the ashes. I'm going to be sure, if I can, that I would receive Holy Communion. And then looking about what I'm going to do for the rest of the season, making sure that I get the season off to a good start. So the penitential practices are prayer, fasting and self-denial, almsgiving and acts of charity. 
coming up with a plan for how I'm going to do all four of those things over those 40 days and making sure that I don't miss the opportunity both on Ash Wednesday and the days that come after that. Right. Making a good start of it right there. on Ash Absolutely. Wednesday. Let's talk a little bit about, so Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, they are obligatory days of fasting and abstinence for Catholics. So um, talk a little bit about fasting and abstinence too, especially in light of Ash Wednesday. Well, for abstinence, that would be um, staying away from meat. And so that happens to people who have reached their 14th birthday and continues on for the rest of their life. The fasting part happens for people who are 18 or older up to their 59th year. But we still, for those who are physically able, we like to recommend that they, even beyond the, you know, 60 and beyond, that they would continue to fast if they, if they don't have medically a challenge for that or they don't have a job that's... Uh, real demanding and, you know, that they would be weak because of low blood sugar, not having enough energy or whatever. Um, they're forms of self-denial. And I, I can't speak enough for self-denial. People come up to me, this is one of my pet peeves, I'm not going to give up anything for Lent. Uh, I'm just going to do some good works. And I'm going, no, no. Self-denial helps a person develop self-discipline. Mm. And so if I can say no to, to uh to meet on Friday. If I can say no to eating food between meals, when temptation comes, it's going to increase the chance that I'm going to be able to say no to temptation and be able to continue to be in a state of grace. Mm -hmm. So this self-denial piece is a very important thing about learning self-mastery. So it applies both to abstinence on Fridays and on fasting on the days, you know, like on, on uh, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Right, right. Well, Father, this has been enlightening and a great conversation, and I'm I'm hopeful that uh, it's helping. Well, it certainly is helping me. Uh, hopefully, it helps our listeners as well to prepare well for Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent. Before we let you go, Father, would you be willing to give us all an on-air blessing for a good start to Ash Wednesday and Lent? So, absolutely, Almighty God, we we praise you particularly for the opportunity for new beginnings. Help us to make a good and holy Lent. Help us to turn away from sin and to believe in the gospel, to love your son um, with more devotion and more faithfulness, and help us to always lead us to be closer to you. And we make our prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Van Sloan, we are so grateful for all that you do. Thanks for joining us here on Practicing Catholic. Thanks, thanks for having me, and God bless you. God bless you. And your listeners, too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Father Van Sloan offers a slew of articles on the Catholic Spirit's website focused on basic Catholic principles. Read more about Ash Wednesday and so much more at thecatholicspirit.com. After this short time out, we'll return with Dr. Kate Souchere to learn how we can best give the gift of self this Lenten season. That's coming up right after the break. Stay with us.